Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We're going to start today the Vegas lead with this bet that is a record-breaking bet. So who is Mattress Mac? He is a guy out of Houston who sells mattresses and very successful. And, oh, I don't know, probably seven, eight years ago, I think. It could be even longer. He started offering these long-shot deals that would extend, let's say, through the whole season or even more, and say things like, if the Astros, you know, Houston, if the Astros win the title, everyone who's bought anything from this day to this day gets a full refund. And again, if the Astros were three to one, four to one, probably not going to do that. But when he originally started doing this, the Astros were not a very good team. And then the year they emerged, he had a huge exposure, huge, because he expected no chance the Astros are going to win it. And lo and behold, they did, or they, they had a chance. They were contenders. So what did he do? Very smart. He came to Vegas to hedge. So think about this. Let's say you've got a $10 million exposure and uh, on the Astros, let's say, use that. And let's say even they're, you know, 50 to 1 to start the season. Okay. He's going to put a little something on the Astros, figuring, hey, if if the Astros win and I have to pay out my mattress people, I'm going to win something from Vegas. But then as the season would progress, and the chance of the Astros or whatever team in Houston he was putting the uh, deal on, he would start betting more and more. And there were times he was betting millions of dollars on the Astros or whoever else he was. And he has the Bengals in this case, which, again, you know, I'm, I'll, if I have specific questions, no, no, this is what I'll do. Put it up on the screen. When did he start the Bengals promotion? All right, we'll get that. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Um, here's what makes this very interesting. One, he had the Bengals and he bet four and a half million, four and a half million at plus 170, plus 170 to win 7.7 million, which would be a record. Okay, that's a big number. It's a record breaking number. That's interesting. But this story, this story dovetails to the whole idea of the $100,000 bounty and the sanctity of the game, the fidelity of the results. It's one thing, you know, pro wrestling. You know, results, okay? And then in football, different, right? You got to believe as a fan that your team has a chance. You got to believe it's a real game. And when Tim Donahue and that scandal that happened over 10 years ago, David Stern, the commissioner, was very concerned. He was very concerned that people would think, oh, these games are fixed. And now it's, you know, it's a problem because not just betting, because back then it wasn't affiliated with the league. But it was like, how? why do you pay money to go to a game if it's not on the up and up? Promise you, the NFL takes it equally, if not more seriously, that concern. Way back in the 60s, there were a number of Packers that were just associating with gamblers. So imagine that. Back in the day, if I was around in the 60s, football player has dinner with a guy you know, like me back in the day, I guess, is... 
they were suspended, I think, the whole season. So think about that. That's how serious the NFL was and is about the fidelity of the results. So my point when we talk about that is this is now a betting market. The NFL is a betting market that the league profits from. They have deals with betting companies. They have deals with, for the information. They got deals left, right, center, and they're making a lot of money. Okay, that means now they're in cahoots. They're they're gambling is part of their business model. If you don't have, if if people are betting millions, if not billions of dollars, and the Super Bowl will have, you know, upwards of fifteen billion bet on it this year. I mean, that's across the world, not all legal, but you know, it's always been over ten billion. You know, it's just guesses to some degree beforehand, but it's going to be over ten billion. When there's billions being bet, isn't that analogous to the stock market? Isn't that analogous to okay, I bought Google. Oh look, Google is got a big problem, and I'm speaking hypothetically. We'll just say company X Y Z has a big problem, but they don't announce it. But they're inside, and you know they're. Uh, president, their CEO, they sell some of their stock. Lo and behold, the news comes out a month later, and the guys that work for a living got the retirement fund, they lose. Well, the government wanted no part of that. They had a crackdown right around 1932 with that. The SEC was formed, not the Southeastern Conference, the SEC. And then, <laughs> and then uh, in the 80s again, and if you've seen Wall Street, and uh, you know one of Fez's favorite movies, and you know I, I gotta admit one of my favorites too. When does it all end, huh? How many yachts can you water ski behind? How much is enough? A lot of um, legal proceedings, a lot of criminal proceedings around insider trading in the '80s, late '80s, and since it's been something that most. Uh, investors on Wall Street really try to avoid because they can go to jail. Not always enough people go to jail. Not always the tougher jails, but it's just, you know they go away. And my question is, what is different about the NFL? What is different about the NFL if there's billions being bet? There's more bet on this Super Bowl than traded in a lot of stocks in a given day that you've heard of. So I mean, if you think about it, that'd be good analysis to do. Is how many you know? If we assume, let's say, twelve billion to be conservative, you know, how many stocks are trading twelve billion? Right? I don't even know if any are. So the it's it's big money, and even if it wasn't big money, it's still money. If it's a million dollars, if the league's taking money, they should have a fair product. And you know what is another concern with it? Injury reports. Oh, look, so-and-so is not on the injury report. When we were at the Super Bowl a couple years ago, we were screaming about uh, Gurley's not on the injury report. He obviously was injured. He was on the report in the playoff games, but not the Super Bowl. And he was obviously injured in the Super Bowl. But you know what? No consequence to that. And you know what happens when there's no consequence? People keep doing it because it's a competitive advantage not to... Reveal the information, injury information. If your guy's hurt, you'd rather the team not know it. If your guy's not hurt, you'd rather the team think he was. 
right? Because they're going to act on bad information. The league, a long time ago, a long time ago, we're talking 50 plus years ago, figured out if the injuries are known to everybody, then nobody has an edge. What you see all the time, all the time, is, and you saw this in the NFL about a month ago, I can't remember the injury, but there was a quarterback that was out, and the line started moving about noon Eastern, and about 12.40, it's announced this quarterback's out. And the line moved significantly. So, oh, I, I think it was the um, Tannehill situation, if I'm not mistaken. But don't quote me on that. But either way, I'll get that during the break. But what, what happened is the movement, significant movement, was about 40 minutes before the public announcement. Well, guess what? It wasn't a coincidence. Someone told someone. And what does it take? You tell a trainer, even at the NFL level, those trainers or assistant trainers aren't making very much. If you're a big better in that city, you say you get any major news, we'll pay you five, ten thousand. Just text us. You know, here's this encrypted app. Text it, and if it's you know, blah blah blah, whatever it is. And if you're betting, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand, like some of the syndicates are. Well, I mean, the 5,000, 10,000, the trainers, no problem. And you see it all the time. The line is moving, and then the announcement comes out. Well, inside information. Well, the league figured out 50-plus years ago, if we force injury reports on the teams, you got to give them. And if everyone knows everything, then no one knows any more than anyone else. And thus, there won't be any 5,000 of the trainer, 10,000 of the trainer. But for a competitive advantage, the teams resist being forthright with the injury reports, and the league doesn't do anything about it. Because if they crack down on it, I, you know, draft choices were being taken away, not going to do it. But they don't seem to care. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Okay, so the Rams, a little bit of money on the Bengals. Now, how do you bet? Let's start with the bank or the Rams. How do you bet the Rams the favorite if you like him, and when do you bet? Okay, the way to bet them is the money line. Now, what is the money line? The money line is no spread is involved at all, and you bet on the favor more to win less. So, for example, the money line is about minus 200 to win 100. So, $2 wins you $1 if you bet on the Rams. And you know what? If they win by one, it doesn't matter. Two, it doesn't matter. Three, they still win. So, with the line at four and a half, the difference between the money line and the spread is if the Rams win by one, two, three, or four, you win on the money line, you lose on the spread. 
And for that advantage, for buying those points effectively, you don't lay 110 like you do on the spread. You lay right around minus 200. Now, why would it be the Rams on the money line? Well, you don't bet it now. You wait till game day. And every year for the Super Bowl, what happens is the weekend comes in Vegas, other places, casual bettors get involved. People that wouldn't make a bet any other time are betting on the Super Bowl. So, what ends up happening? Well, some people that are so recreational don't even understand what the spread is. And so, they walk up and go, um, well, how do I bet this? And they go, well, you can have the Bengals plus four and a, plus four and a half. What's that mean? No, no, I, I just want the Rams to win. Okay. And it's like, well, it's 200 to win 100. Oh, I don't want to do that. How about the Bengals to win? I mean, this is how it goes. 100 wins you 180. Okay, let's do that. They just got to win, right? Yeah. You get an inordinate amount of money on the underdog on the money line because it is understandable because it's the money line and it's bet some to win more, right? And people like that. They don't want to bet more to win less. And what happens? It artificially depresses the money line because in that market, in that pool, is a lot of money on the dog. So, what do you have to do? You've got to make the favorite more attractive. So, typically, if you have a four and a half point favorite, you might be in the minus two area, or I'm sorry, you might be in the minus 210 area on the favorite. Now it's, you know, around 200, so it's a little cheap, but the money hasn't come in from the recreational batters. When it does, Come game day, half hour before the kickoff, you could see, assuming the line stays the same, you could see the line being as or the money line being as low as 180. So when you would expect minus 210, if you're getting 180, that's value. That's called a sale. And it's almost like a classic arbitrage between hedge fund with a hedge fund is you're betting or, or you're buying, investing in one thing in one market, one thing in the other. And in this cheap market, it's the money line on the favorite. So if you like the Rams, the smart bet. Now the line could go way up, so you're still taking a little risk, but the, I don't think it will though. Is the smart money? Is waiting. Fezzik on the podcast this week said that anyone betting the Rams is making a mistake. I mean, he's that unequivocal about it because of how big this effect is. So let me be very explicit. If you like the Rams, the best bet, wait till game day, look at the money line. If you can get, you know, and you can go online and see what the commensurate, oh, the line's for, what should the money line be? And you can save 20, 25 cents, which is huge, huge. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Okay, the Bengals, a lot simpler. You want to bet on the spread. You certainly don't want to bet on the money line because that's where the squares are betting and it's causing it to get extra cheap. The worst bet you can make, as usual, with Freddie Fanny Pack and Barney at the bar. As usual, that's the worst thing to do. And why? Not because Barney loses all the time. I mean, quite frankly, he does lose a lot. But <laughs> it's because that betting action causes that side to get expensive and the other side to get cheap. If you, can, if you knew what Barney was betting and you bet it beforehand, you know you can win. 
in the long run, you can't win betting with Barney because now the line's moving and you're getting a bad price on it, just like you would on the uh, money line on the Bengals. So you want to go spread. The next question is when? When? And that one, I'm not sure about. And it's better to know what you don't know. Early in the week, it felt like a lot of pressure upwards. Now, there's a concept called sharp sports books and square sports books. Just like batters are sharp or square, certain sports books cater to sharps and some to squares. So you can see all the time, you go to pregame.com and we have a free odd service. You can get like 10 different sports books for free in real time. And you'll see the books that, that cater to um, the recreational batters, the squares. A book like Caesars meets that criteria. They've got the line at four and a half. Uh, so the public right now is betting the Rams. Okay. Pinnacle, which is an offshore book that's famous for catering to sharp action, they will take sharp bets. They like it. It has the line at four and a little extra vig. On the Rams. So it's kind of like 4.1 or so. So whenever you see, and this is a great tip in general, whenever you see the sports book that's sharp, a little bit shaded, that's the sharp side. Why? Because they're saying, come on, if you want to bet the Rams, we're the place to do it because we got the best price in the world, minus four, minus 108. But if you want to bet the Bengals, plus four, Nah, you don't want to do that. Why? Because there's four and a halves everywhere. So, in general, they are putting up a line, pinnacle, that is almost guaranteeing one-sided action. No one that has a pinnacle account, hardly anyone, would bet the Bengals. Because if you've got a pinnacle account, it means you've got probably three, four, five other ones. Because it's offshore, it's tougher to do. So, they're saying one-way action is fine with us. And to me... You can tell so much. I'm talking about college basketball. I'm talking about NBA. Go look at the screen. And again, we got it up at the site. And you can say, huh, I'm thinking of betting the Lakers tonight. But okay, Pinnacle has the Lakers cheap. Oh, they want people betting the Lakers. Well, you don't want to bet. You don't want, if Pinnacle is saying, come on in, the water's warm. You don't want to get in that. That's shark infested, that water, I can assure you. 